The thing I love most about this rivalry, yeah. everybody's wrong until the result comes in. Let's go. They always say, throw out the records when it comes to this rivalry. On that day, you have to prove that you're the better team in the state of Michigan. I don't get why both teams can't be great at the same time. It doesn't always have to be one or the other. I love you, man, but you're an idiot. A Michigan, Michigan State podcast. And here's your hosts, Justin Rose and Michael Spath. Hey, welcome to the I Love You But You're an Idiot podcast. And man, alive, this is going to be the most fun episode that I have done, certainly, all year long. And uh, my partner in crime actually is not here today. But, and he didn't he didn't ask off. He didn't say like, oh, I don't want to do it because Michigan just won the national championship and I don't want to talk about the Wolverines for 25 minutes or 30 minutes. No, Justin, uh, we're trying to make it work. We wanted to get something out ASAP after the game ended. It's I'm recording this less than 24 hours after Michigan beat Washington 34 to 13 to win the program's first national championship since the 1997 season. Uh, he just wasn't able to, to figure out his schedule. So we're going to have another podcast later in the week in which Justin will, will join us here. So he was one of the very first major props to him. He was one of the very first uh, people who reached out to me when it was clear that Michigan was going to beat Washington late in the fourth quarter. I think maybe after the Mikey Sane was still interception, he returned for 81 yards. And that was the, the final hurrah for, for the Huskies and for Michael Penix Jr. Um, you know, I have all these Spartans in my life and, and certainly my wife, uh, gave me a hug and a kiss and congratulate me. I didn't hear from very many of the Spartans except for Justin and Mark Pastoria, our producer here on the, I love you, but you're an idiot podcast. Those are the two people who reached out to me. So, um, thanks to, thanks to Justin. I'm going to try to channel my inner Matt Deary here today. Matt's a good friend. He does the Lockdown Lions podcast. And he does it for 30 minutes just himself. Sometimes he has a crossover guest with him, but just does it himself. And I got to use all my all my years on the on Sports Talk Radio WTKA uh, to be able to do about uh, 25 or 30 minutes. But my my goodness, I, I mean, what do you say? I was looking up adjectives before I started, and I was I was like, I'm delirious. And so then I was trying to like blissful and ecstatic and overjoyed and certainly happy. And there was one though that I thought really encapsulated and it was just, it it was, it was floating. And I just feel like today, you know, the morning after the midday after lunchtime, like I'm just feel like I'm floating through everything in life. And, and everybody keeps asking me, I've had all these meetings for work today and they're like, Oh, how are you doing? Like, what, what are you feeling? I'm just like, I just feel amazing. I just feel absolutely amazing. Like it's surreal. You're just, you can't comprehend that Michigan just won the national championship. And it's so maybe it won't sink in. Maybe it won't sink in for days or weeks, but you know, every opponent you come across, you have the ultimate Trump card. Someone gives you any bit of trash talk about anything. The basketball program, Jim Harbaugh, you know, the, the, the scan or anything. And all you gotta do is say national champions, national champions, 15 and oh, the first pro- time that Michigan went 15 and oh in its history. I looked up some interesting stats. I thought this was uh, incredible for all the talk about the non-conference, how weak it was and all these people dog in Michigan, which, you know, what else is new all season long people have been dog in Michigan, but 
for the first six games when they played nobody. Their last six games, five ranked opponents, four in the top 10. Overall winning percentage of the six opponents they played in their final six games, 793. You had a 14-win Washington team. You had a 12-win Alabama team. You had an 11-win Ohio State team. You had, I think, 10-win Penn State, 10-win Iowa. And then, you know, kudos. I think Maryland won their bowl game, and so they finished 8-5. and five. So, like, those are the six teams that Michigan had to go through in their final stretch run. I mean, I mean, think about that. Those six teams vanquishing the Buckeyes, beating Penn State, who, you know, had, a, had suffered a loss, but, like, in Happy Valley – against a team that was, you know, foaming at the mouth to finally get revenge on Michigan. And then you win the Big Ten title against an Iowa team. I ah, they can't score, but uh, one of the most legit defenses. And then you beat Alabama, the Alabama juggernaut, Nick Saban, and what he's done for that program for the last 20 years. He's won three national titles in the college football playoff era. And then you go through Washington, a team that you'll face in the Big Ten next year. But a team also like Michigan having a phenomenal season, 14 and 0, vanquishing all comers. Looks like they're destined. You know, I kept on running into people who were saying, like, it's fate, man. It's fate that Michigan's going to win this. And I'd be like, yeah, but up in Seattle, they're saying the same exact thing. It's fate that Washington's going to win this. And they had that air raid offense. And, you know, Michael Penix Jr., I had said before the game, if you give me uh, similar to the 2021 Ohio State game, and CJ Stroud came in with all the pomp and all the all the stats and all the, you know, everything was in his favor. And I think it was completely like 78% of his passes. But if you put him under dress, he was an average quarterback. And we saw that on Monday night. If you put Michael Penix Jr. under duress, he was an average quarterback. A couple of uncharacteristic misses from Penix Jr. and his wide receivers. They didn't get a big play until very late in the game where they completed, I think, their first 40-yard completion. And this is a program who just lives by the big play. Major kudos to Jesse Minner and that Michigan defense holding them to 13 points. I, I, I mean, what do you say? What do you say about that group? So lots to talk about on this particular podcast. I will kind of take you, run you through a little bit of the gamut of emotions that I had um, from that game. You know, I went back and looked at Twitter and whew, wow, man. I mean, I, I, at first I was a little bit like feeling guilty because I had had some strong emotions, some strong criticisms, but then I'm looking across and like everybody was having those strong criticisms of Michigan in the second and third quarter. But then ultimately, you know, the, the highs of the first quarter, the highs of the fourth quarter, uh, I'll take you through here in just, just a second. Also talk about uh, Jim Harbaugh and where he goes from here. Was that his last game in a Michigan uniform? What can you say about the quarterback play of JJ McCarthy, uh, the running back Blake Corum, who goes out, in my opinion, is one of the all-time great Wolverines. Diamond Edwards with his breakout game. Colston Loveland, and we'll talk about the Michigan defense, too. Coming into it, I think everybody felt like Michigan was the better team and that they were the favorite. I saw that the line had moved from, I think, like four to four and a half to five points. People were betting on the Wolverines. And and gosh, first uh, first quarter, I mean, it looked like this was going to be a blowout, and it turned out to be a blowout, but like a blowout running away with it quite literally as Michigan scored two rushing touchdowns, both from Donovan Edwards, a 41 and a 46 yarder in the first quarter, you know, his first touchdown. I mean, he runs it right into the backs of three offensive linemen. And you're thinking again, again, but they don't make the tackle. 
He bounces out of it. Huge, massive hole to the left side. Goes 41 yards untouched. And then his second touchdown, uh, he sees the hole a little bit sooner. Uh, gets to the right side, 46 yards for a touchdown. What a moment for him to have his breakout game. Those were his two longest runs of the season by far. I think the next longest run he had was against Penn State, which was 21 yards. So a 20-yard or more than 20 yards, or, or, or it was 20 yards more than his longest run of the season. Uh, I think it was the first time he had two touchdowns in a game this season. It felt very reminiscent of the Michigan-Ohio State game in 2022 when he had those big touchdown runs. And and, and then you had Blake Corum go for a 59-yarder um, right at the end of the first quarter. You know, he cuts back kind of into the fender. I thought he, I thought he could have scored a touchdown. I saw Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions do it. Um, you know, just the day before on a 70 yard touchdown, uh, you know, catch and run, I uh, thought Blake Corum could have scored. He cut back in the defender ended up leading the tackle. And then Michigan just comes away with, uh, three points. And that, that moment right there was like how that game changed. And when people started getting very frustrated with this Michigan offense, because you had false start penalties, um, you had, you had weird play calls from Sharon Moore where you're, you're gutting this defense. And all of a sudden now you're. You're throwing the ball in, and I, I'm I'm all for throwing the ball. I'm all for throwing the ball, but I'm not for throwing the ball on four and six yard outs that are low percentage passes where you're you know you've got to make a perfect throw. And yes, JJ McCarthy can throw the perfect ball, but not yesterday or not Monday night. He wasn't throwing it consistently well, and so you had these you know you had these weird passes. You had nine guys in the box. You had Washington crashing hard, and you weren't throwing the ball down the field and. You know, I'm not going to complain about uh, lack of big plays, uh, but it was interesting that throughout the season, Michigan was really good at throwing, or JJ was really good at throwing like the 15 yard, the 18 yard, the 20, the 25 yard play. But Michigan rarely, rarely, if ever, and they didn't in this game, throw the ball downfield, like 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards downfield for a guy to make a play. In fact, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I bet you they had less than 10 receptions all season of 50 yards or more. I think that's a pretty fair, unless like maybe they had in the non-conference, but they didn't throw the ball down the field. And and so they didn't take advantage of now you have this great play action opportunity. And it started getting very, very frustrating because you could see wasted opportunity after wasted opportunity. They, they get a fourth down stop at the 50 yard line. And then all of a sudden they're like three and out, you know, start of the third, the third quarter, they get an interception by Will Johnson. I think at the 38 yard line, so they got 38 yards to go and they walk away with it and they only get a field goal, right? And you could see like, oh no, like this is not, uh-oh, uh-oh, you know, Washington's hanging in this game. Something's going to happen here. But kudos at that point to the, to the Michigan defense because the front four, Mason Graham uh, and, and Kenneth Grant, who had the only sack of the day and Jalen Harrell uh, and, and Braden McGregor and, um, I thought Derek Moore played his best game. Josiah Stewart up there. Those guys were putting enough pressure on Penix Jr. that he was rushing throws. And we certainly saw late in the game when he gets picked off by by Mikey Sainer still. So um and then and then, you know, Blake the Blake Corum show. JJ McCarthy probably had two great passes in that game. Two. One to Roman Wilson early on in the contest that led to, I think, the 46-yard touchdown run. And then he had the uh, the the play to Colston Loveland, which Colston Loveland redeemed himself for a drop earlier. I know the guy, you know, kind of got his hand in there, but makes a, you know, catches it kind of a little behind his head, a a laser from JJ McCarthy. And then he picks up another 30 yards, puts him down there. Blake Corum scores his 57th career touchdown at Michigan. And then later in the game is 58th career touchdown. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Blake Corum, 
is like, I don't know what to do with Blake Corum because I've seen Wheatley is a big, bigger, stronger, faster back. Anthony Thomas had more rushing yards. Mike Hart, uh, the epitome of getting the most out of his talent, um, you know, had more rushing yards. But Blake Corum, man, I mean, 58 rushing touchdowns is now has the record by three over Anthony Thomas. He also, I think they said he had 27 touchdowns for the season, which is also a Michigan single season record. He broke uh, son Haskins mark from just a couple of years ago. Awesome. Awesome dude. His legacy. I mean, I, I kind of joke about this. Like, I, I, I don't know that I'd go buy somebody a, a meal, but like if I was in a room with Blake Corum and he was having dinner, like I would walk over and be like, Blake, whatever, whatever filet mignon lobster, you know, hundred dollar bottle of uh, or hundred dollar pour of uh, scotch, whatever, man. I got gotcha. you. I'm covering you. And I think if you're if you're a Michigan fan and you're in a venue where Blake Corum is, like it is your responsibility. You are in debt to him. Your responsibility, Michigan fans, to always buy Blake Corum his meal or his drink if you're ever in the same spot as him. That's just a given. Same with Jim Harbaugh. Same with J.J. McCarthy. Same with, you know, you could go on and on through uh, all these great players who delivered the first national championship for Michigan since the 1997 season. I was at that Rose Bowl in 1997-98 with my brother. Uh, I, I, I tweeted about it a little bit. He, you know, he passed away six months later, so I was hoping to recapture the magic. And my dad and my brother, I, I think, delivered some magic, along with probably all of your loved ones who have come before you who are great Michigan men and great Michigan women um, who were there with you in spirit on Monday night, uh, looking over your shoulder and and cheering on the maize and blue. And what a scene it was. What a scene it was when that confetti came down. And Jim Harp said, you know, every piece of confetti has a story. And I was like, when I, I saw that, and, you know, there was a lot of awkward moments after the game. But when I heard that, I was like, what? That's kind of a strange, weird thing to say. And as I thought about it more, I thought about my dad and my brother and how if you, if you look at it, every piece of that confetti, and I bet you millions of pieces of confetti dropped, every piece of that can represent a fan, either a present-day fan or a past fan, somebody who, has, who, who was loved, who loved the University of Michigan and has now gone, to even the future fans, even those that are the twinkle in our eyes, the, the stars in the galaxy that were one day uh, going to be welcoming into the world. I've got two youngins, a four-year-old son and a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter who are not yet Michigan fans, but they will be. And like, So each piece of confetti represents a, another Michigan fan out there or a former Michigan player or former Michigan coach. I just, I thought it was poetic, and, and I didn't give Jim enough credit when he said it, and maybe that's what he was trying to say. <laughs> maybe it wasn't, but when you watch that celebration take place and you see all the hugs and you see them pick up the trophy and uh, thank God, Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, was nowhere to be seen. Uh, I don't even know if he's com- if he's if he has congratulated Michigan yet. He's probably sitting there gritting his teeth. Um, and you know what? Fuck him. Okay. Uh, and and part of my language, but like, but like, fuck him and fuck all these other people. Anybody else who tries to take anything away from Michigan, get lost. Absolutely, get lost. Okay, you're not taking anything away from Michigan. We have these memories burned, seared into our our brain forever now, right? Like. That's the thing about it for me is whatever happens, whatever happens going forward, no one is ever going to take these memories away. You have 15 weeks, 15 games where Michigan was the victor, where uh, you hopefully enjoyed more of the game than not. 
Um, and for a good portion of the season, uh, there weren't a lot of tense moments. You probably had tense moments against Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State, a little bit against Iowa, certainly against Alabama, and then Washington. So there were some tense moments. But a lot of the season, you just got to kick back, kick, put the feet up, put the cigar in your mouth, you know, have your have your beer, whatever you got, and just like enjoy it. So, I mean, that's where you're at, Michigan fans. You just get to enjoy this forever, and not and not just for next couple of weeks, not just until March Madness rolls around and. And you're 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 moving on to the next thing or opening day from Major League Baseball or even the NFL playoffs right now. Like you get to enjoy this for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, we're gonna be talking about the 2023 Michigan football team, the 2024 uh national championship game, Jim Harbaugh and, and JJ and 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 Roman Wilson and Colson Loveland and Blake Corum and the great offensive lineman, the you know Drake Nugent and Devere Henderson. I was reading an article about those guys uh, on this uh, Tuesday morning um, and the brotherhood that they had. And Drake Nugent talking about how he he couldn't wait to come to Michigan and be part of this offensive line and establish, you know, reestablish like who they were and the defense and Colson or uh, Junior Colson and Michael Barrett and Macari Page had a couple of nice plays and Sane. I mean, on and on and on and on and on. Like these guys are legends. These guys are the next Charles Woodson and Marcus Ray and Glenn Steele, uh, Jeremy Tooman and Steve Hutchinson and Brian Greasy and Ty Streets. If you ask any fan who was, I don't want to say, like probably 12, 14 and older about that 97 team, like I can run through that whole starting lineup. I can run through that whole starting lineup. I can run through most of the backups. I remember those guys 26 years later. I remember those guys. And I'm always, always, whenever I see them, whenever I hear them, I want to, I, I want to hear their voices. I want to, I want to I, I shake Charles Woodson's hand or Hutchinson's or Jeff Backus or Mark Campbell, a backup tight end or, or Chris Howe. I mean, those guys live on forever. And now this group's going to get to do that. So how much fun is that for us Michigan fans, for, for, for Michigan Nation out there? No one will ever take this away from us. I just, I just love that. I just love that. That like, that is the epitome of being a fan. And we've said it before. If you were going to go through everything that they went through this year, like just go out there and win the whole damn thing. And that's what they did. Then it, you know, I'm a huge Detroit Tigers fan. And in this town, 2006 and 2016, I'm sorry, 2006, 2012, the Tigers went to the world series and I have those memories, but ultimately they lost. They were the runner-up, and people forget. You, you, you move on from the runner-up. You forget about the runner-up, okay? Like, five years from now, if someone said, like, who did Michigan beat, the average fan is not going to remember Washington. But they're going to remember that Michigan won a national championship. Like, that's what it's all about, is the, is the victors become legends, get remembered forever, and the runners-up get brushed aside in the history books. And so, so much credit to Michigan and to Jim Harbaugh and this, and this great team for, for going out there and finishing the job. That's what Blake Corum said, right? He came back to, to finish business, and he said, business is finished. We're done. We're done. Regardless of what happens in 2024, regardless of what happens in 2027 or 2030, Michigan is the national champion of the 2023 season, and they've had this incredible run. If you could have told me three years ago, when that first game started in 2021, hey, you're going to go out there and you're going to beat Ohio State three years in a row. You're going to win three Big Ten titles. You're going to go to three college football playoffs. And, oh, it's going to be hard at first. You're going to see how far away you are in 2021. You're going to play Georgia. And the next year, you're going to be disappointed because you have an opportunity to beat TCU and it's not going to happen. 
But 2023, you're going to win the national title. You're going to beat Alabama. You're going to beat Georgia. I mean, every single one of us would have said, hell yeah. Hell yeah. We'll take that right now. What a great spot to be in as a Michigan fan. And now, I mean, where do you go? Where do you go from here, Michigan fan? Like, what are you gonna, what are you doing with the next with the next two weeks of your life? What are you doing with the next two months of your life? What are you doing with the next year of your life? You know, Jim Harbaugh is going to answer that question. I know that uh, Justin and I will talk more about it um, in a podcast later this week. I mean, where I am, I mean, if Jim says like he wants to go, I slap that guy in the back, shake his hand, I say thank you. I'm in debt to you. You go, you go and you take care of business and you do whatever you need to do in the NFL. You scratch that itch. You've done everything for Michigan and more than we could have even imagined when, uh, who was the, who's the idiot before Ward Manuel, uh, Jim Hackett went and got you before the 2015 season after they fired Brady Hoke. You've done it all, Jim. Like go, I wish you the best. I want you to have that next level, that Super Bowl opportunity. Go for it. Go enjoy it. And if J.J. McCarthy decides to go pro, and I think he, I think it could benefit from coming back for another year because we still haven't seen a dominant J.J. McCarthy. I mean, you look at, you know, you look at like a Drake May, a Jaden Daniels, a Michael Penix Jr., Caleb Williams. I know Penix Jr. didn't have this best night on Monday, but you look at what they accomplished over the course of the season and not that J.J.'s ever going to throw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, but like, I think he could benefit from coming back. But if he decides to go pro, if Donovan Edwards decides to go pro, if Braden McGregor decides to go pro, if Rod Moore decides to go pro, I'm trying to think of some of the other juniors, Junior Colson decides to go pro. If any of these guys decide to go pro, you slap them on the back, shake their hand, you say thank you, man. You go, you go after your dreams because you've brought you you have made my dreams come true. And and that's just the the truth of it, man. That is just the truth of it. Is is how good does it feel? I. I kind of mock, I laugh at the, you know, um, who's got it better than us. And, and, and Jack Harbaugh did it on Monday night and Jim Harbaugh did it. And I, Reese Davis even prompted him, but, but I mean, nobody, nobody, it's the truth. It's the truth. You are at the pinnacle of college football. And, and in our country, you're at the pinnacle of sports because other than the, the Super Bowl, I think college football is the next biggest thing in our country. And, and so you are the best team in the country, Michigan, Michigan, and the Super Bowl champion this year. Like those are the two, those are the two teams that can be celebrated the most. How good does that feel? How good does it feel? Michigan fan right now? Like what is your emotion? What adjective would you use? Blissful, you know, delirious is what I said earlier. I just can't believe it. Just can't believe it. It's uh, it, it was it was really something. I, I no no bad grades for anybody in the in the game yesterday. Not that we've ever done grades, but tr- again, trying to channel my inner Matt Deary here, provide the provide the the good breakdown, the bad breakdown, the game balls. He does a really nice job. If you don't, if you never listen to it, listen to Lockdown Lions, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I think he does an awesome job. And the Lions got a big game coming up against the. Los Angeles Rams, Matthew Stafford, but that's for another day. That's for another day. Just sitting here enjoying it. 
just sitting here, enjoying it, talking to my brother and my my mom and my, you know, my friends, my college roommate Brian and my buddy Tim and uh, my buddy Joel. Who I watched the game with. Just, I, I mean, how many different people have texted you in those first twenty four hours? I think I'm probably up to fifty. Maybe you're up to a hundred. Maybe you've texted a hundred people. Even the meetings. I'm having meetings with clients today. And in the first thing they say is to me is go blue, go blue, go blue. And I'm like, oh yeah, absolutely. And it's just, and, and it's an icebreaker. We just start talking about it. Oh, what, what, what were you watching the game? What were your emotions up and down that, that roller coaster? How long did you stay up? I only stayed up till about 1230. I'll be honest. I thought it was kind of repeating itself at that point. I was like, ah, I'll just wake up. And, and, and I'll say this, my son woke me up at 615 the next morning on Tuesday morning. And normally at 6.15, uh, I want to be sleeping a little bit longer. Yeah, give me to 6.45. But when he woke me up, my wife rolled over and she was like, hey, do you want to go get him? And I was like, out the, I was out the bed because I wanted to go grab him. I wanted to give him his hug, but I also wanted to like jump on my phone and read the, 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 the athletic and read um, SI.com and read ESPN and read CBS Sports and read the Wolverine and read um, you know, the, the Michigan, like read every site, MGO blog and read on and on and on. I just kept on reading and reading and reading and, and I'll never get sick of reading these stories. And I'm sure you're very much the same way. So I, I don't, I don't know if I have anything else to say. I'm sure Justin will, will, will push me and ask me some questions and, um, you know, Jim Harbaugh, whatever these guys decide again, thank you forever forever, forever, forever grateful for what you did for Michigan football, um, how you brought them to the peak of the sport and, and what a three-year run it's been and, and hopefully it continues. Hopefully with the next, you know, the college football playoffs, seen a lot of these early predictions and saw one on CBS sports, you know, the day after that said uh, they're predicting the 12 team playoff field and they had Michigan as the two seed. Um, and they said, even if they would have them at the two seed, even if Jim Harbaugh leaves and goes to the NFL, uh, you know, assuming that JJ McCarthy comes back for his, for his senior season. So, you know, this is not over with yet, Michigan fans. There's a lot more fun to come, but um, you have earned this. You have earned this because you lived through the Rich Rod era. You lived through the Brady Hoke era. Um, you lived through a decade of losing to Ohio state when it used to be the other way around, or at least it used to be 50, 50. You have earned this because you had to live through the Mark D'Antonio era when Michigan State got the upper hand over Michigan. You had to live through Coca-Cola giveaway for, I think, the Michigan-Minnesota game. You had to live through the Shane Morris debacle um, back in, what, 2014. You had to live through, uh, you know, people, pundits saying that Jim Harbaugh can never win the big one, including myself. I said that after the 2020 season. You had to live through seeing Clemson do it and Ohio State and Georgia uh, and you know, and all the techs, I mean, all these other programs rise up. You had to live through 26 years between one national championship and another national championship. You have been there time and time again, filling the big house week after week after week, because you bleed maize and blue, just as I do. And the payoff is here. The payoff is now. Michigan is the 2023 national champions go blue.